Hey, Dan. How are you? Hey there, Pujix man. Glad to be here with you for yet another great episode. I'm sure it's going to be. I mean, we haven't done it yet, but I'm sure it's going to be because it's always fun with you. How's it going? How's life? Life is wonderful, buddy. We are basically almost uh, uh, 75% done, and I'll be in Moscow for another few days. Uh, hopefully, I'm nice. uh, basically flying out in less than a week or, or so. So things are very good. We have finished uh, our exhibition, and we've almost done all the projects. I also met the clients as well as a few other friends, and hopefully we'll be out of our way here uh, by Sunday. Very good, very good. Let me give you a piece of interesting information. Um, it started snowing last night here, and it caught me by fucking surprise. Yeah, because... Well, actually, we, uh, unfortunately, the exact same thing happened in Moscow. So Moscow was uh, snowy until 6 p.m. yesterday. Damn. Yeah, I, I mean, guess it depends on where you are, but I'm yeah. pretty sure people who are now, I don't know, in the uh, uh, hotter regions, they're having a good time. It's springtime. Yeah. They're enjoying it. But yeah, if you're in North, you're going to have to <laughs> deal with the snow, man. Yeah, no, but then again, the reason that I was so surprised, I mean, I didn't look at the forecast, obviously, because if I did, I wouldn't be too surprised. But the day, like yesterday, the weather was so good. It was basically spring, nine degrees Celsius, lovely, amazing. And then all of a sudden at night, I look at I look out my window and it's fucking snowing. And I was like, what the fuck is happening here? It was interesting. Anyways. Well, <laughs> let's be honest. Of course, we've talked about this earlier regarding global warming. And uh, I think the new terminology, because in the past, it would, they, they used to call it global warming. Yeah. Now they call it climate change because uh, we are seeing a lot of, you know, weird weather patterns that are somehow sure. unpredictable. So I guess that's the reason why it's happening. I don't know. We'll see. For now, uh, we have to wait to see what happens with the environment. Yeah, it's yeah, it's throwing some shit up. I guess it's just uh, shit face right now. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's right. not today's topic though. Today's topic we're talking about risk, risk taking, all that good shit. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I'm cursing today too much. Oh, whatever. Well, I think in general <laughs> you've been cursing a lot more lately. It probably depends. I don't know on a lot of factors. <laughs> yeah, well, climate change probably. <laughs> probably climate change. That's right. Let's blame it everything on climate change. Who cares? That's Anyways, right. So, um. So yeah, risk. Uh, first of all, what is risk? Everybody knows what the uh, what risk is. I was gonna say what the fuck risk is. I tried to control myself. Anyways, so everybody, <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows what risk is, um, and everybody. So that's the thing, though. A lot of people have positive associate positive connotation with risk, and a lot of people uh, associate negative. I have not seen a lot of people who would say yeah it's sometimes good sometimes bad generally i mean that might be their belief but generally when you say risk everybody either has a negative uh, association with the word risk or it has a uh, they have a positive one which is interesting to me so wh what do you so when i when i when, I, when we talk about risk what is the first That's thing that right. comes to your mind is it actually positive negative neutral what do you think of risk in general Super well, first abstract. of all, you mentioned something very nice about people. I generally believe that most people actually would like to avoid risk. This is proven psychologically because the fact yeah. is that risk involves losses and most people are generally lazy. I mean, we are all born lazy, but unfortunately, most of us, we actually tend to stay lazy throughout our lives. And since risk, basically, what is a risk? Risk is taking action that might lead to losses when you do not have complete information. I repeat, trying to make a decision in a situation where you don't have complete information, knowing 
that you might lose something if you make the wrong call. And because of this, taking risk oftentimes brings about the natural emotion of fear in almost everyone, because guess what? We're talking about uh, incomplete information that you do not know what it is. And we're talking about the, uh, the possibility of losses, loss of time, energy, resources, and money. So because of that, generally people don't like to take risk, which is why the majority of people actually work in jobs. And we have far fewer entrepreneurs because, for example, an entrepreneur itself bears a lot more risk than having a safe, secure job. So that's number one. And number two, I'm pretty sure uh, you can guess what you know attitude I have towards uh, risk given my lifestyle. Yeah, fair point. Uh, obviously. And I think of risk Recently, I actually made a post uh, on social media. I said, uh, no risk leads to no reward. And I firmly believe in that because I believe that if you're not taking risks, then you will become part of the masses and you will fail to hit the highway of life. Because guess what, guys? If you want to get to certain places faster in life, you need to take more risks because on the safe side, since we already mentioned most people are on the safe side of life, there's what we call heavy traffic. So if you want, I mean, it's your choice. Maybe for you, taking risk is something that is just too hard to bear and you don't like to risk anything, risking your money, risking your time, energy, and whatever. But I believe that if you want to find yourself on the highway of life towards success and happiness and you have no choice but to take risks because in those highways, there are fewer cars, i.e. fewer people who are willing to take the kind of risk that you want to take. And for that reason, I have a very, very positive association towards the word risk. I, at the same time, of course, I'm not going to say that I'm like a gambler or something. Even though I uh, play Texas Hold'em poker uh, quite seriously, I do not think of myself as a reckless person. I do not believe that we should just take any kind of risk. I instead believe in taking calculated risks. And because of that, I believe that risk equals rewards. And for me personally, it's a very, very positive connotation and, and association. Very good. Very good. Um, you mentioned something, and I want to clarify here. Uh, I mean, our regular listeners will be probably familiar. But so you mentioned we are born lazy. Can you elaborate? Like, how, how we, is it biological? Can you elaborate on this, that? This is completely natural. You see, we only have so much time and so much life and energy on Earth. And on an evolutionary level, we know this, which is why we love things like sugar or fatty food, because they allow us to save energy and to save food. And because of this, because we are consciously aware of our death, unlike animals, animals are not aware, they're not consciously aware of death, we as humans are, and because of that, we value a lot more than animals do. And for that reason, we are a lot less likely to take risks because we say, well, for example, let's think about like running a business, right? You say, well, I'm going to get a loan. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to go for this business. And what if I cannot make it? Then not only I will lose all that money, I will also lose a lot of time and energy. And then I have to actually pay back that money. So why should I do it? I'm going to get a safe job, right? The same thing goes with any other area of your life, in your relationships, with your health, with, uh, let's say, uh, your hobbies. Everything you choose to do ultimately is about this because we know that we only have so much time. So if I pursue a venture and it doesn't work out, then I will lose something that I do not have a lot of. And because of that, unfortunately, we see a mass, uh, the masses of people who are living uh, on basically inspiring lives because they are simply unaware of it. So I call this uh, the masses play the game of life. And trust me, I do see life as a game. Now, there are many people who uh, somehow oppose me. They say you should not see life as a game. And again, in another post, I mentioned that 
the people who see life as a game are generally far more successful and far happier and experience a lot less stress and frustration when things don't go their way, because that's what happens most, most of the time. Most of the time, things don't go your way. So because of that, I'm a firm believer in the fact that uh, you want to actually design a lifestyle where you are taking the kind of risks that you want, because that will then allow you to do what most people don't. What, and what is the game that most people play in life? They play the game of life not to lose instead of playing to win. I repeat, they play the game of life not to lose instead of playing to win. Let me give it a, gr a great example. For, think of, for example, poker, right? So let's say, I don't know if you uh, play poker, Pujix, but let's say you play Texas Hold'em and you got the big blind, I don't know, $100, small blind, $50. And you go right away and you uh, three bet these guys and now you have $150 and everybody just folds because they say like, well, what if I lose that $150? That's too much money. I'm not going to lose it. Right. So pe people are like this. And if you look at like just like, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the poker table, the people who are a lot more aggressive and they are willing to risk losing their money and, of course, are taking those risks, you know, consciously and with calculation. Again, I'm so much against recklessness and I'm so much against uh, taking risk out of the seat of your pants. But if those uh, the players who are willing to actually think very carefully and are willing to lose their money are the ones who actually cash in a lot when it comes to the showdown. The same thing goes in life, in business, in your relationships, in finance, even in politics. I mean, uh, we're right now bashing Trump all the time, but guess what? Right. The, uh, Trump won that election because he was willing to like go all in on this and he was willing to be booted and who was willing to somehow be uh, laughed at or something. So in life, the ones who are willing to lose a lot, and that oftentimes comes under self-confidence, are generally the ones who are playing to win. And since we have most people playing not to lose, those few people who play the game of life to win, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, become the winners in life. And that is why I believe those who are willing to take risks are living to win instead of living not to lose. Super cool, and I, I feel like we need to have an episode on playing poker now that you talk about. <laughs> That's it. right. No, joking. Anyways, so you mentioned something, and I'm going to – so, um, yeah, let me ask you that first, actually. So you mentioned that uh, treat life as a game and that a lot of people might uh, will do oppose you. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. So what, what are they saying? Are they saying that life life should be serious? You should be taking it serious? What is their argument if you were to you play see, the, the problem, devil's advocate? Uh, the problem with people, a uh, very good question, by the way. Thank you for asking this. I know the problem with not, you know, when people look at you and say, dude, uh, you're treating life like a game. Uh, this is very much like the same feeling people have when they see you succeed and when they see that you're doing well. Uh, it's because of jealousy, because people who tend to see life as a game are capable of doing things that people who treat life very seriously simply are not capable of doing it. For example, for the same reason that if I told you I have a superpower and I can, I don't know, let's say pause the time or I have a super cool car uh, for the same reason, being able to play, you know, see life as a game gives you a serious advantage over those who do not. And that advantage oftentimes breeds insecurity and jealousy, just the same way almost any other type of achievement does, because it's an addition, it's a benefit. No one can say that someone who is willing to play life to win, who is willing to take more risks, who never gives up, who keeps trying, no matter how many times he hits the floor, he stands up again, and he 
pr keeps pursuing his goal or his dreams or whatever, nobody will say that that's a bad thing, but that's a, a sense of power. And that's exactly what happens when you see life as a game. Because when you see it as a game, you don't take it personally. You understand that you're here to win. And more importantly, you have a lot more motivation. So because of all these elements, and for the same fact that uh, having a Lamborghini or I don't know, being able to, uh, having a very good memory or being, I don't know, extremely physically fit would somehow perhaps sometimes in some cases uh, lead to jealousy and envy. The same thing applies to those who see life as a game. Because when you are the kind of person who sees life as a game, you can do things that people who treat life seriously simply cannot. They simply can't. Like there, there's too much fear. There's too much uh, stress for these people. And they simply aren't willing to take that risk. And because of that, when they know they can't stop you, they start hating. That's the reason why this happens. Fair point. And um, so there is this thing that I'm noticing. Um, it might be my bias because I'm just more exposed to it. But it seems right. and feels to me that, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurs because they have to be risk, taker, risk takers, obviously. That's right. And, and I feel like the community of entrepreneurs is growing worldwide and specifically in the in the US and Canada and um, first of all I'm not sure if you're sharing this uh, this notion and if you do what would be the reason for that is it that people are understanding the, the value of risk-taking in business in particular um, or or is it just something fashionable that everybody's doing and it's gonna die out at some point what is your perspective on it first of all do you, you see it this way or not right now. You just said it right now. That was very well. Right. Uh, first of all, Gary Vee himself predicts that by the time we hit our next economic uh, recession in the U.S., which is expected to occur somewhere at the end of 2020, early 2021, a lot of these so-called entrepreneurs will actually reveal their face as wannapreneurs and will somehow stop and go back. Get, you know, they go back getting their jobs in corporate America or whatever it is, because as you mentioned yourself, entrepreneurship now is a fashion and a trend that is predominantly promoted via social media. Because in the past, we were not capable of seeing how entrepreneurs lived their lives. Because with the, uh, think of like, I don't know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, we had no access. We only knew certain types of celebrities, let's say rock stars, actors, mm -hmm. actresses, politicians. But thanks to social media, now we get to see that little kids in Oregon can just run a business and starts making millions before he hits 23, right? So because of social media nowadays, and we're saying like, dude, if he can do it, I can do it too. So this is like, uh, from my perspective, this boom is actually caused by social media. The second reason, of course, is the internet and the ease of communication because entrepreneurship is all about what? Having a product or service, finding people who want to buy it, and then selling them and hoping for resales and then repeat this process with more and more clients. That's pretty much entrepreneurship in a nutshell. So because of that, since entrepreneurship simply is about finding clients, satisfying their needs and getting paid for it, uh, basically the internet has allowed us to somehow, it has made it a lot easier to become an entrepreneur. Like in the past, if you wanted to, for example, get yourself uh, you know, seen, you had to spend a lot of money on ads, billboards or whatever. Nowadays, anyone, can start from zero and soon uh, accumulate hundreds, maybe even thousands of followers on social media. And these are all potential clients. If you have 500 followers on Instagram, you have 500 potential clients. 500 times you're more likely to sell your idea to someone who is willing to pay for it. And 
because of that, you obviously have a huge advantage. And the Internet and the combination of the fact that we now see how these guys live their lives are uh, causing this um, tremendous uh, focus on entrepreneurship. However, as Gary Vee has predicted, this is probably a trend. And at some point, it'll end because it's simply a matter of competition. Whenever competition goes up, profit comes down. And only uh, what Gary Vee calls, you know, purebred entrepreneurs, the people who really love entrepreneurship for the sake of entrepreneurship, that is, they love the battle of entrepreneurship, not just the results, are the ones who will stick around because the ones who want entrepreneurship for the sake of, uh, I don't know, private jets and Lamborghinis will give up once they realize they're making only $500 a month for almost uh, two years. And they say, like, oh, dude, I'm going to get a job. So it's much better, right? So because of that, because a real entrepreneur is willing to make $500 a month for five years, and then make his first $5 million in one deal. He is a real entrepreneur. But most people, they just want to get the you know results quickly. So they start entrepreneurship and the competition keeps going higher and higher. Just think of like, you know, social media right now, all the uh, apps you're getting, all the messages, all the DMs. So the competition gets more and more fierce. And because of that, only the people who really are willing to, they prefer to have a $500 income per month uh, and and not work at McDonald's will we'll be the ones who actually keep working as entrepreneurs. And the ones who say like, dude, I can just entrepreneur right now. I can just go work in McDonald's and like uh, be paid, I don't know, $2,000 a month. So why should I do this? And they leave, right? So because of this, it's a temporary fad. And I'm pretty sure that at some point it'll disappear. And we will only have the real entrepreneurs who love what they're doing and who are willing to compete in this uh, marketplace. Fair point. And um, I feel I feel that too, as if it's some sort of fashion. Everybody's, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Maybe I am too. That's why my next question, is there a litmus test to this? Meaning, can we, so people hearing this and thinking, fuck, am I one of those pretenders? What the fuck is happening? Is there any way that we can evaluate ourselves now, whether we are true entrepreneurs, we want to be entrepreneurs, uh, what the hell is going on? and before this shit happens actually so if we're not we just get out right that's right exactly so the best test you can have for yourself is the, the question why not what you see not what you're after you ask well, like i want to get rich i want to have a lot of money right that's the wrong question why are you an entrepreneur for me personally as somebody who's been an entrepreneur since he was 17 years old i can tell you this right now entrepreneurship and those real entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs for a few reasons Number one, their value and belief systems. I highly value things such as freedom and independence. Now, if you're the kind of person who by nature are dependent, that is, you need, for example, let's say you got to go to your gym and you got to call everybody to just, just you know, push you to the gym, for example, or you, you need constant motivation from the outside, then probably you should not be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs are self-motivated, number one. Number two, they strive for freedom and they want to have power. So if you are somehow the kind of person who does not value power so much in your, let's say, social circle, then probably having a boss is not a big deal. For example, I myself, I can never have a boss. I just simply can't. We, we'll always fight. And at some point, I should say goodbye, boss. Take it. Which, by the way, this happened to me once because I had only one job in my life. We had a fight with my boss and I never had a boss ever again, right? So that's the point. Can you tolerate having a boss? An entrepreneur cannot tolerate having a boss, period. If you say the idea of looking up and seeing a boss over there is unimaginable for a real entrepreneur. They just got to be the boss or they're out, basically. And the third element, of course, is about your lifestyle. Are you active? Are you a workaholic person? 
because not all of our brains are the same. And I believe that those who are successful entrepreneurs, because I've known a lot of them over the years, they tend to have a few things in common biologically. Number one is hyperactivity. I've realized that most true entrepreneurs are extremely hyperactive, again, as adults. And because of that, they need constant stimulation. Being an entrepreneur means always on call, always ready for action, always ready for something, right? So if you are on the, let's say, calmer side, if you tend to take things very slowly and you need your free time and all those things, then you probably should not consider entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is about, it's like living like a fireman. It's like living like somebody who's always in an emergency. So do you like life to be an action, a battle, or do you want life to be orderly, calm, and peaceful? For an entrepreneur, life is like a battle, which is why a lot of my mentors are people like uh, Navy SEAL special forces or uh, top entrepreneurs, top athletes. These are people who love action, who love to take, you know, massive action on a regular basis and, and they enjoy and they get bored when things are silent and quiet. So if you have all these qualities, you will always be an entrepreneur. But if you're in it just for the results or just for the title, like, dude, I'm an entrepreneur. What does it even mean? I don't know, but it seems cool on the Internet. <laughs> so I'm an entrepreneur. It just even sounds very fun. Entrepreneur. It's like sounds pretty cool. Right. So. Because Strange. of that, you have to uh, somehow think about uh, what it is that you really, really want uh, from your life and uh, from your basically uh, business. And uh, when you think about this issue for yourself and you realize that perhaps things aren't that easy, you have to then uh, focus your attention on what is it that I really want from my life. And if you do that, you will then uh, be able to somehow create a much better lifestyle and uh, you will then be able to somehow enjoy your life. For example, the word entrepreneur, in, it comes, it's a French word actually. And it comes from the word entrée, which means between, and preneur, which means... I repeat, the word entrepreneur is a French word, entrepreneur, and it means, it's made of two words, entre, which means between, and preneur, or taker. This means that this is someone who is exposed to taking action, taking results, making sales. It's, I'm not going to say you have to be a taker in life, but I'm going to say you have to be a go-getter at least, right? So if you are not a go-getter, then the word entrepreneur itself says you probably should not be an entrepreneur, right? Because that is really about the notion of entrepreneurship. And if you really want to be an entrepreneur, understand the word is entree and preneur which means in between taking. And you got to be a you know, go-getter. If you're not, then probably you should consider safer paths towards basically your career. Very good. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Now we, by the way, we, we talked about motivation a couple of episodes back. So if you want to hear more, you can always go there. We're not talking about motivation specifically here, but I uh, understand that you needed to allude to it to make a point. Uh, so that's there's that, and also uh, so we talked about risk and risk taking in in business and in uh, you know in in uh, in your work life basically whether you want to uh, go start a business, quit your job, etc., or vice versa, whether you're a risk taker or not. Now, obviously, that's not the only like risk literally applies everywhere. You mentioned the game of poker, which is basically risk taking. So um, now. 
in more general aspects of any individual's life, I feel like at some point you need to get uh, to 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 take some risk, and exactly. that's just inevitable. So, for example, if you want to um, find a partner. There's no way that you're say okay this person is definitely going to be my partner for life. That's you got to risk it and then actually spend some exactly. time with them, right? So, um, so do you see about partner? Let me just put a point. Yeah, yeah for sure. Partner, one of my friends said, if you want to get a girl, you must first risk losing her. You see, right. let's be honest. If you get a girl, either that girl wants you as a friend, like to let's just be friends, like like the whole friend zone thing. We can actually talk about the friend zone later on if you want, but. The girl will either consider you to be an idiot and doesn't want to talk to you, or she wants you as just a friend, you'll be friend zoned, or she wants you as a lover, as a partner. And here's the darn truth. If you want to get a girl to see you as a lover, as a man of her life, as a partner, you must risk losing her by trying to escalate things emotionally and to see if she responds well. But on the other hand, if you say, okay, I'm going to play this very safe with this. This this girl is just so nice. I'm going to be very, I'm going to be the nicest guy ever. Of course, you'll be friend zone and you will never have her as your wife, as your partner, as your girlfriend. And because of this, in any area of life, even in a relationship, you got to risk a girl to actually get her and make her your uh, basically partner. Very good. And that makes sense. So you mentioned friend zone in a sense that I feel like what you're trying to go with towards is that basically not taking risks sometimes dumps you in the friend zone is that where you go it's not sometimes always well, because yeah. let's be honest a girl will either see you in a emotional sexual way or she sees you as a great partner and if she sees you and again that's not your choice that's her choice the woman decides we have to respect her decision now if she has decided you to be uh, basically her best friend and that she talks to i don't know once or twice a week and if you somehow escalate things a little bit sexually, she will be offended and she will never see you again. You will never see that woman ever again because she said like, dude, that's just not, that's just beyond. And this means lo risk losing her. And you must, if you really are after to, I don't know, you want to find the love of your life, then you must risk losing that girl to see if she sees you as a partner or as just a friend. And this is just for, you know, relationships. This applies to everything in sales. You have to risk losing the customer by trying to increase the prices. Anytime you want to increase the prices, the customer might say, I'm not going to buy from you anymore. But you have to, if you want your business to grow, you must risk losing clients in order to actually have better clients or have higher revenues. This is about everything in life, man. Everything, even for your health. Exercising at the gym is risky. You might entail uh, physical injuries. You're lifting weights. You might actually break something. So everything good in life comes when you take some kind of risk. Because if you're not taking kind of risk, then it's easy. And the law of economics says, if something is very easy, then more and more people will start doing it. And this creates massive competition and high traffic and waiting lines, which is why in any year of life, the ones who are taking risks are getting the rewards. All right, fair point. So that's, that's where I was going with. You sort of answered, but I'm going to ask it anyways. So my question was, are you going to... So, so you clearly are a person who's taking risk in business and in in your um, uh, work activities, do you do so take risk in your personal life, personal decision, decisions, etc. as well? And do you see this as a characteristics, uh, characteristic of a person, rather in a sense that um, so, some people are just risk takers and they're risk takers in every single aspect of their lives? Or do you feel like this might be one of those cases that 
some per- people might actually develop this muscle, be like, okay, I, I want to be risk taker here in this respect, in this field, etc. And I don't want to be in another, for example. How do you see this playing out? Well, first of all, I really believe that uh, what you mentioned right now is, Dan, do you want to take big risks or serious risks? The reason that a lot of people might actually be willing to lose money, but they're not willing to take risks in their personal lives is simply because taking a uh, basically risk in your personal life might entail more pain and thus will be a bigger risk than taking risk in your business or with your clients. So the concept is the same. Maybe for you, taking risks in your personal life, it will be a lot scarier than taking risks in your, in your business with your clients. But the notion is the same. And it all comes down to what is your risk-taking tolerance and threshold? Now, you mentioned, is, there, is it biological? Yes, there are biological reasons involved. There are genetic factors, of course, things such as testosterone level. It is proven scientifically that those who have, both men and women, who have more testosterone in their system tend to think they are luckier and they tend to take more risks. Secondly, it's about your biological tendencies. I mentioned earlier, extroverts take more risks than introverts. And also people who are generally more hyperactive or physically energetic tend to take more risks than those who are on the commerce side. So yes, there are biological factors, but generally speaking, I think it's really a combination of both. Because when I look at myself right now versus when I was, let's say, 17, yes, I was taking some very crazy risks, but they were not the kind of risks I wanted to take. It was more like getting into fights, I don't know, starting start shouting with some guys, doing some you know stuff I should not have done. So generally, you want to think about taking the good kind of risks, and that requires education and learning. And we all, through conscious repetition, as well as education, can become better risk takers. And uh, I think the best way to do so is to understand why we need to take risks and we have no other choice. However, you're right. It's proven both neurologically as well as uh, basically psychologically that certain individuals and personality types are more basically uh, likely to take risks while others are more risk avert. Very good. And, um, you know, when I'm thinking of it, it seems to me more so than before. I always had this mentality that like anything else, risk is doesn't have inherent uh, bad or, or neg- negative or positive attribute to it. It just depends. Yes, some risks, as you mentioned, are just stupid. You don't want exactly. to take them. And some risks are actually quite quite smart, meaning it, it has a good potential to re- lead to reward. And if you repeat them long enough, your reward going to outweigh your loss. So that's what you want to try and do it. Um, and we are coming to the end of our show today. So I want to um, ask you if you have any final comments or um, things that we didn't talk about yet. For sure. I just want to remind our listeners about the importance of taking risks. It doesn't matter if you have never taken risks in your entire life. It doesn't matter if you are a reckless person. Ultimately, you have to understand that no risk leads to no rewards. And it's your choice. You can play the game of life not to lose. You can say, well, what if I uh, don't try? It didn't work. So you need to change your perspective. And anything we uh, talk about in the Beyond the Present podcast, uh, basically, Puya and I, we're always talking about these self-development and personal development stuff. It's really to get you to think differently. For example, uh, you need to change your association with the word failure and understand that there is no such thing as failure in life. There's only feedback. And if you don't like the feedback you're getting, you can always change your behavior to get a different feedback. And once you begin uh, basically taking steps towards personal development and self-actualization, 
then you will inevitably take more risks because that's the only thing you can do to somehow take your life to the next level. You can simply not take the, you know, I, I really believe that the biggest risk anyone can ever uh, take is not to take a risk at all. That's like the biggest risk of all, because in that case, you will definitely fail in life and you will never have a single moment of happiness, victory or prosperity. So if you are listening to us right now, and if you haven't been taking risks for a long time, maybe you are about to make a huge risk, take a huge risk. Maybe you're about to move abroad or start your business or uh, ask the girl next to you out on a date or whatever it is you want to do right now. You need to take that risk, damn it. You got to take the first step. You got to be a strong person and go and say that I want to do this and I'm, I'm ready for it. Because if you don't take the risk, let me give you some motivation here. Let me take maybe if what we've talked about so far won't motivate you. Let me just say, tell you this, and maybe this will motivate you. You can decide not to take the risk, but if you don't take the risk of starting that business of, uh, for example, going on that venture or going on that trip or asking that girl or boy out or whatever it is, if you don't take that risk, then the person who is willing to take that risk will get that business, will get that girl, and will get that lifestyle that you sim simply desire, okay? So life is a competition. If you don't like the idea, then start thinking about it this way. If you don't take that risk, then you will simply hand over that possibility to the person next to you who is willing to take that risk. So if you have true self-respect, if you really respect your ideas, if you have goals, then please take that risk, take a lead and shoot for the stars. As always, it's awesome chatting with you, Dan. And with that, we are coming to the end of the show. Um, thank you again for, for joining me for this amazing talk. It is my pleasure, my man. It's great to be here with you. You always choose great topics and have wonderful questions. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And uh, you, you, literally, this is not just us saying it. Literally, without you, we're just speaking to empty vacuum. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning and in. By the way, Pujic, before I actually end the oh, show, yeah, I, would, yeah. I would like to actually t tell us more about the views. I was uh, surprised by the number of our viewers we have from around the uh, around the world. So you want to actually right, share right, that right. information with some of our listeners as well. I was really surprised when I got the stats the other day. Yeah, we were quite global. Like we have, I mean, yeah, there are dominant ones in some of the countries for sure, like uh, United States, uh, Canada, Russia, etc. But but then I was looking at the map and I was like, basically, from every continent, we have a few. We have listeners. Exactly. Yeah, but no, I literally. was surprised by one thing, if you remember. I was so pissed that we have more viewers in California than we have in New York. And New York. <laughs> that I is mean, true. Come on, guys. New Jersey, New York. Come on. Step it up, please. Let's go. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, though in, in my uh, corner of the world, I'm super happy that uh, Ontario is getting more than Quebec. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> so, so in Canada now, Ontario is getting all the viewers, right? Uh, not all. I mean, there are some in Quebec and uh, BC as well. But yeah, dominantly. But I think is Ontario Ontario's is kicking ass right now, right? Yeah, Toronto's kicking ass. It's, it's killing them, actually. So it's... it's uh, I don't know percentage where you put, but uh, close to 60-something percent is just Ontario. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bravo. So that's so awesome. I want to thank all of our viewers for the podcast yeah. from around the world. And we would like to thank you so much for your attention and keep keep basically following up with uh, basically our programs. Keep watching our posts on social media and we'll be glad to actually help you guys. And thank you so much. 
But New Jersey and New York, come on, step it up, guys. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a competition. You gotta risk it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, <laughs> New Jersey, take some fucking risk, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spend some time. All right. That's Thank right. you again. And um, until a later episode, have a good one. Bye.